Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weiser on the East Coast. And we have a game four, two to one is the series lead right now for the Denver Nuggets after taking game three there, holding the uh, heat there to what, roughly 94 points. They did not score very much there. Got a few at the end. Either way, uh, we're going to be looking at some game four stuff here. Like I said, got best bets in this video for you. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page and follow along. We also have our play up props up as well. Uh, so check those out. We're getting to things a bit early here. It is Thursday. Uh, it's still morning time on the West Coast. So we're getting ahead of some of these early lines here before Friday night's game. Also want you to head to thelines.com. Check out all of the great content on the site right now and use that odds finder tool we have up there a nice chart right there in front of you make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all the books that are giving us bets this postseason looking really quickly at the uh, way that we did last time pretty good on best bets right nate we got uh what three or four there i believe gabe vincent let me down uh but other than that not only uh do we still have do we get a few of the things right there obviously denver over as well um but we've got some stuff alive here for jokic leading scorer and nuggets to win nate has that bet still in progress and a few other futures as well that I'm sure he'll briefly mention for us uh, at the very least but let's jump into your first best bet for game four here Nate yeah I mean the the big future that's intact if you guys followed it is Denver to win three lose four and then win the next two and then winning exactly six there's various odds on that that we suggested taking and we suggested not panicking on the Nuggets after they lost game two now, I think your biggest concern with that is that they don't look like they're going to lose another game at all. But I'm not picking a winner here with this first bet. I'm just going to do a nice same game parlay. What I feel is pretty safe because I think the roles have really been solidified even more and the minutes have been solidified more for these guys. So I'm going Jimmy, Jamal, and the Joker to get 25 points and Bam to get 15 plus. That's plus 300. I would go with the unit or... Or, uh, yeah, just one unit on that. I originally had the same parlay with Bam to score 20 and Jim to score, Jimmy to score 20. But I think that's the thing that scares me the most, is Bam to keep scoring 20. That's not his game, necessarily. We're seeing more of Jimmy being aggressive down low as this series is becoming more and more about who can score down low. And Jimmy's getting that cross match on Jamal and taking him down into the paint. And, and that's how he's able to get, what, 28 Last time out, still did not play particularly well and owned it in the post game. But what you like to see from him is the increased usage and the increased aggression after he goes 13 points on an 18% usage rate in game one. Then we go up to 21 on 27%. And then this last game, he had a 33% usage rate uh, to get those 28 points. And Jimmy, we talked a lot throughout these playoffs about late series Jimmy, you know, elimination game, closeout game Jimmy. And what he does. And this, everybody seems to agree, is pretty much an elimination game for the Heat. You cannot go back to Denver down 3-1. So we'll just briefly look at what he's done recently. Game 7 in Boston, 28 points. 24 to close out the Knicks. 42 to close out the Bucks. Last year, he had 35, 32, 36 in these spots. And in Game 5 of the 2020 Finals, when the Heat were against the wall, 35-point triple-double. All of these basically with a usage rate of 31% or higher. And so as long as he's trying to shoot the ball that much and and Denver's shutting down three-point shooters, I think Jimmy and Bam will be forced to score a lot more on the inside. Um, So I think they're getting pretty good odds here. And then Denver scoring inside at a ridiculous rate. 
with those two guys leading the way. Uh, 60 paint points last game, 58 uh, rebounds to 33 for Miami. Uh, we talked about going into that game how Miami actually really struggled to keep Boston out of the paint, keep Boston off the boards. And sure enough, Joker just dominates in that regard. He's getting 25 in his sleep right now. It, it's a question of, you know, how much more than 30 he might get. His last five road games, he's averaging 34, playing 41 minutes a game. Jamal averaging 30 and, and on 30% usage rate. And the Nuggets offense has been better on the road in these playoffs. Jamal, you know, <clears throat> just rounding it out by talking about him, like he came out on fire. It just clearly had to be aggressive and was and, you know, it's just, it's just pretty clear, like the usage rate, 37% in the second half too. Like not only did he set the tone, he closed it for Denver when there was the inclination that Miami might, might do another fourth quarter comeback. He was just like, let me hit a couple big shots here and it's over. Uh, so you love to see his poise, his aggression. And more importantly for these bets, it's like, this is almost a Phoenix Sun situation, Josh, where it's like, Durant and Booker are getting 25 points because nobody else can score on this team. And and the Nuggets are now at this point with MG, MPJ fading into oblivion uh, with KCP unable to get open against this Heat team. Those two guys have to score, have to do the bulk of the scoring. And, and Michael Malone clearly is willing to just run everything through them and play them 42 minutes, play them the entire second half if necessary, because this is the freaking NBA finals and, and they're the the greatest two man game in this game right now. So let them go to work. Hundred percent. I mean, this is a lot of work for the plus three hundred. Um, I mean, everything you said is spot on. The only thing that does worry me, to be honest, is Jamal twenty five. Only if he's going to have a random game that that he slips up. I, I just don't understand what happened in game two, which is still fresh in my mind. But I, I think feeling him for game three was the play. We we should have harped on a bit more. Uh, a point that, that you made about him scoring a ton of points after he goes for less than 20, which he did in game two. So uh, the, the game three outburst seemed like it, we should have probably hit it harder, to be honest. Um, but it, it doesn't mean that he's not still very capable of it. Uh, I do agree that it's kind of like, just let's stop trying to get cute with certain guys uh, that, that aren't four of the, the, the one of the four best players, you know, the two on each team, right? I, I completely agree with looking for ways to get Bam, all four of these guys to get points. Um, and that is kind of actually why um, I can segue nicely into my bet of under Miami team total, 104 and a half points. So yes, I think J Jimmy and Bam are good to get theirs. In fact, I'm going to talk about Bam Adebayo to score again in game four. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I, I think Miami can still get over 105 points. And I think it's because of the fact that Denver's sort of establish what they're going to do on defense. And I think it's the smart move. I think it's the thing that has been talked about here and there, uh, but Miami does such a great job with their motion on offense and, and the way that they play together. Obviously they can find open guys and they don't need that much room to shoot. So it's easy to say, Oh, just dot, you know, take away their shooters, let them have what they want inside the arc. It's easy to say that, but there was still a lot of sort of gamesmanship and, and crafts crafty sort of um, motion offense for the heat that I think the nuggets were struggling to figure out. And, one of the main things that we have been saying was stop doubling Jimmy Butler 18 feet from the basket. Stop doing it. And they did it one time in the first half and they called a timeout right after they did it. 
Murray and Jokic went bananas, yelling at both MPJ and KCP. Michael Malone was just coming on the floor going, get them off, get them off, just get them off, and just freak it out. Uh, and so that didn't happen again, uh, right, where they, they left Jimmy, and he got his. He got he ended up with 28 and did a lot of that in the second half as well, once they really established, like, no, we're going to literally spear it, run at guys just completely sell out entirely on the three-point line uh, and that was obvious in the way that Struess, Vincent, uh, Kevin Love, even Duncan, even when he was hitting those banana threes fading away from 35 feet in the fourth quarter, they were still contested. All four of those guys only had three or four uncontested field goals, which by definition is like six feet, uh, at least six feet between you and the defender, which is still like a guy running at you, but you have some time to shoot it. So three or four each, right? And you expect them to make about one each. They even probably did, uh, they, they each actually only hit one of those uncontested free uh, field goals from wherever, wherever they were, three or two. Whereas in the uh, prior game, you know, they were just getting left open for three way too often, including game one. They just missed them in game one, made them in game two. Um, but if you just take all four of those guys out uh, in terms of just sell out, you face guard them essentially. Like you treat Jimmy Butler with the same level of respect. You treat Max Struess when he's coming around a screen uh, and you just sell out to it completely. Uh, and that, that's been a huge part of it. And you're not getting any rolls from Kevin Love when he's setting screens on guys. It's not like he's really moving to the basket uh, very quickly these days at all. So Jimmy and Bam, however, they both had at least 14 uncontested field goals uh, without a defender, you know, with a defender like not even near them essentially because they're just basically saying sagging off at that point, sagging off Bam more, uh, still guarding Jimmy one-on-one -on -one with, with the various guys that are throwing at him. But if it's going to become two-pointer two versus two-pointer versus two-pointer, who do you think is going to win that battle? You've got a guy in Jokic that can just get to whatever he wants whenever he wants. And if you double or triple team him, he's passing over it for a cutter for a layup as well. So uh, 60 to 34 was the points in the paint there uh, last game. There's not They're not getting anything in there. It's still little bunnies uh, and, and things of that nature from outside the paint. Um, and you know, they relied on 17 points off of turnovers in game three. They got 19 in game two. That's a big reason for them getting all the way up to 111 in game two. Uh, and the 17, while they still only scored less than 100 in this last game, right, leaves you feeling like, okay, it, it, in game one, only nine points off of turnovers because the Nuggets were actually taking care of the ball a lot better. Um, and if they just go, you know, Go, go a little bit in between there. Get it to about 12 points off of turnovers at the most and just rescind that a little bit. Uh, I think you're going to see it's a lot harder for this Miami team to score because uh, I'm just i not believing in the role players as we uh, kind of get closer to the end of this series. Yeah, I mean, you said it's kind of like our two guys are better than your two guys. And if you want to try to play that battle, the two-man game, and see who can facilitate and create inside the arc and we're not going to let anybody get a good look from three, like that's going to be a coaching staff's emphasis, then it's going to be a low-scoring game. I mean, the pace is like 90 the last couple games um, in these finals, and I, I was foolish enough to parlay the, the Nuggets win with the over, and it's just like Miami just could not come along. Uh, I do think there's some regression in terms of Jokic suddenly turning into um, you know, Dikembe Mutombo guarding the rim in, in that last game. Like that was just some unlucky shooting. From Miami, but Vincent did look a little out of rhythm. Struce can be taken out of this. Caleb Martin, I'm still not sure if he's really back in this series. So it's, it is to an extent, it's like, I don't know about the Heat's role players, even if Jimmy and Bam get to keep it going like they had in game three. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're mostly off role players here, except this gem, the Kansas kid, Christian Braun, comes off the bench wow. with 15 points and was the third best player. For the Nuggets, uh, and an absolutely vital spark plug. 
And as much as MPJ is going down in terms of favor with the coaching staff, Braun has to be going up. Like this is this is not a fishy bet to say 10 plus points for Braun. FanDuel's offering it first as a special here, plus 650. I don't know what his actual prop is going to be yet, uh, but they're offering plus 650 for 10 and plus 2300 for him to get 15, which is what he got in game three and 19 minutes, seven for eight from the floor. Uh, as everyone keeps pointing out, he took one three, it clanked off the side of the backboard, and he said, enough with that. I'm just cutting to the basket. I'm just attacking. And he is strong going to the basket, which is like exactly what you need. You know, the Heat always talk about playing with force. You have to meet their force. Braun is a really strong kid and really competitive, uh, perfect, really off-ball com- complement to Joker and Murray, who are seeing relentless doubles now, right? The Heat were blitzing their two-man action, the, the DHO, whatever else they could to try to get the ball out of their hands. And Murray, several of his assists just right to Braun. He had 71% of his twos off assists. He had 93% of his points in the paint, like I said, just attacking. And Denver had 60 paint points because Miami, even though Bam is great, um, you know, he's basically the only one who's going to stop you at the rim. Like if you're going against, and, and Braun was not afraid to go right into the chest of Jimmy Butler either uh, for what would look like an and one as well. Um, so, I mean, 19 minutes, that should go up, to be honest. And I don't think he's going to stop attacking the rim. On the road, he's, he's a guy with championship chops, like I said, with Kansas last year, all the way to the national title, double digits in five of those six games, um, and finished second in field goal percentage in the Big 12 in college when he was shooting a lot more threes. But now I think he's just he understands his role really well, which is just to play off those guys. Yeah, it's Christian Brown. We should we, we do know that. And I'll just make sure that you know that as well. But it is Christian Brown. Either way, I'll say um, he, yeah, that was impressive. Uh, are you still seeing that? I just I'm double checking to make sure that I can find what you're saying because I think they might have taken it down briefly on FanDuel. Maybe it's just a state kind of bet as well um, that is specific to an area. Either way, if you can, whenever they come up, they will come up. Uh, they might just be down for a second for whatever reason. Maybe people were hitting his his uh, his well, points. FanDuel doesn't have their individual props up yet at all. What they have is like some specials, of, oh. uh, like. Like most of them look like long shots, like Joker 40 plus, 16 plus assists. And then it just has Braun, Brown, <laughs> 10 plus points. Uh, so I, yeah, I would be all over that. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. It's not even under the regular points. You got to go to the sort of specials that they're offering, which is <laughs> funny. They're making Christian Brown a special at this point. Yeah. He got a ton of minutes that, that MPJ just forfeited by being terrible um, and not even shooting the ball, which he was over two on some decent looks, but also just actually really good looks in the corner, but also was just once again, a, a minus on defense. It was like, we spent a couple of weeks talking about how much better he had gotten on defense. And he goes, no, 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 no. I, I'm still not good at defense. Uh, I thought he was going to come back with a bigger game. I thought he was saying the right things after the game two that he played like crap um, and, and really receded back to some of his bad habits he kind of came back out and was saying the right stuff, which he doesn't always do even that. It's, you know, he even pretending to say the right things. He just kind of usually sulky and he wasn't that way, but he just was sort of unplayable. I only got the 21 minutes and, and Brown, not only did his, his confidence get just continue to rise throughout the game, as you saw, um, not only, you know, he was, he missed the three, but then he was driving and dishing to Jokic twice um, and getting assists that way. And then obviously finishing around the rim at that, at that point and going up. That stemmed a lot from his defense. He became the primary defender on Jimmy Butler for a few possessions that that actually he looked really good because of his length and his strength. 
um, you know, being able to guard Jimmy a little bit better, at least bother him a little bit more than other guys who can't even get up into his grill enough. Uh, so I think that that might afford him another 20 minutes to your point. Uh, and with this juice uh, on this and what we just saw, like I have absolutely no problem uh, following that with a, a little bit of a, a sprinkle on that on those. So um, I'm going to find one more way to fade Michael Porter Jr. Um, because I know you're going to talk about that in player props and I'm gonna, definitely going to steal some of your notes. But I'm looking at a head-to-head bet between he and uh, Gabe Vincent. And it's three-pointers made, and it's Vincent to have one more than him, essentially. It's, it's minus 0.5, and it's plus money. It's plus 110 for that bet on DraftKings, which is, I believe is the only place you find these head-to-head bets. I haven't been able to see, uh, find them anywhere else. So uh, enjoying taking advantage of these because I, I think that you look at the, the, you know, the attempts to start with. Um, what happened in this last game? Two attempts for Michael Porter Jr., partly because he's just not playable like we were just I was just saying a second ago so with the you know the two free, the three point attempts that he took in this last game I, I think you can rely on on it being under four-ish uh, for him once again and Gabe Vincent meanwhile who has been taking close to seven or eight a game he still got off six in this last game only made one of them obviously a very poor shooting night for him only two for ten from the floor um, but I would say you know that was a huge hugely due to the fact that he had three personal fouls in the first half and that really threw him out of his rhythm really threw him off of his game um, and he wasn't really able to get anything going past that into the second half uh, and still didn't really get that many good looks so you, the, the 30 what 35 34 minutes that he played in this last game um, are less than he should continue to see considering that he's been playing 37 uh, and the, the limits in the first half that he saw were the reason he played like five or six less uh, minutes than he normally plays. So the ability to get up closer to nine threes, which he's also taken a number of times in the last five or six games, should be back for him. Uh, and the minutes should be a lot more than Michael Porter Jr. So, so for that alone, uh, and the fact that I still think he's as good, if not better, you know, it, let's say as good of a three-point shooter uh, when they're both not in slumps, you know, as Michael Porter Jr. is, I think the attempts will just be there for him. Uh, and you can bank on like at least two for Vincent. And I'm not sure if MPJ gets more than one. Yeah, this is kind of a cheat code right now. Is just head to head with MPJ if this trend continues. And and what it looked like is you know he's he's young. He's got fragile fragile mindset to a degree. Like Mike Malone's approach to call people out and whatever he did privately as well, it, it did not work for MPJ. Yeah. He played much much worse. He played with no confidence yeah. on the offensive end, and and like Josh said, more lapses on the defensive end that just led him to get yanked. So regardless of whether he's due to bounce back as a three-point shooter, he yeah. just might not play many minutes, especially the way Brown and Bruce Brown were playing. Like They have options to just yank him and play much better in this particular matchup. You know, he hasn't been good against the Heat even in the regular season. Yeah. And Vincent, yeah, he was just he had an off night, but uh, you know, he will continue to fire. He has the heart of a, a heart of a champion. You do not need to worry about him uh being fragile in terms of his mindset. And I think Kyle Lowry isn't really going to be good to go on an every other night basis. Like he also hurt himself a little bit. I would not try to target him on short rest. So even if Tyler Hero comes back, I think that'll replace Lowry's minutes in production a little more than Vincent, who I think, yeah, is still good for those 32-ish minutes. Yeah, 100%. And, I, you know, there's some true stuff in there, too, where I think like he's he's another guy I don't think is impacted by Tyler Hero's uh, presence if he is back for game four, which... 
it still doesn't look great for him. He could be back, and I don't think he gets more than 20 minutes anyway. And, and like you're saying, like if if Lowry uh, is banged up the way that it seemed like he was, he had to come out of the game after really just stretching his his groin there uh, when he slipped at the very end of the game in garbage time. Um, and then he's he, his minutes are the one really going towards Tyler Hero more than anybody else. Uh, so we'll see. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117. For confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. But we move onward where I think we're just ready to focus a lot more on these stars and not worry about uh, having to figure out which role players might show up in NBA Finals games as it continues to vary a bit. So let's kick it off talking about the Joker, Nate. Yeah, get in where you fit in, I guess, is the theme now uh, when Joker and Jamal Murray are just taking every shot and and involved in every action and playing like 42 plus minutes. I want to bet on the Joker here. There's obviously a lot of options. You mentioned that 50-plus PRA, which is still live if you got it at plus 500 before this huge outing. Now you can get it at plus 125 if you want to still tail that. I don't. I mean, it's not terrible considering his prop is going to be higher than that all the remaining finals games. So, yeah. Uh, but for this one, I'm actually going to take away the assists and go 44 points and rebounds for the Joker. Uh, and, the, and that's minus 115. There's also an intriguing... Same game parlay or two. I'll take I'll look at this one. 30 plus points, 12 plus rebounds. Denver to cover is plus 310. I also like Joker and Jamal 40. Uh, Joker 40 points rebounds. Jamal 30 points rebounds. Denver to cover. Also about plus 300. Um, so if you're interested in those, if you think Denver's gonna win game four, which is certainly and you know quite possible the way they just dominated down low and Joker being the, the source of that domination. Like, like I said, he suddenly was an elite rim protector holding Miami to like 30% shooting when he was the primary defender down low. I don't know how much that's going to last, but the rebounding I think is really consistent in the series. He's averaging now 16 and a half his last two scoring 36 and a half on a 35% usage rate. 
Uh, we talked about him, him scoring more on the road and, and uh, assisting a little bit less. I am kind of fading the assists here because while he got 10 dimes last game, uh, that was only on 13 potential assists. Like there are not a lot of opportunities, a lot of margin there for him to get that number. And Miami is still, you know, using the same approach kind of that they used in game two, which is to say like, we got to stay home on people. If Joker's going to beat us with tough shots, we'll tip our cap. Um, you know, but he is clearly able to do that. And I actually think there's some positive regression in terms of his shot making after what he scored <clears throat> another 30 plus game here. The Miami just has no answers for him. Like Bam, Bam can't bother his shot that much down low. He hits tough shots. He turns into a monster in the second half, which I've talked about several times. That was last five second halves, averaging over 20 points per game on 38% usage in these finals, 63% from the floor in the second half. And so that's exactly why I want to look at him, you know, ramping up because I think Miami's probably going to be leading at, at halftime in this one. I mean, their backs against the wall. That might be an intriguing option there. Miami half full-time, whatever. Uh, but the point is like, Everybody mentions like Denver loses when Joker scores a lot. It's not necessarily a cause and effect. He's scoring a lot because they're losing and he needs to step up and do something as if, if other people don't have it or if the other team is again, you know, all over that action. <clears throat> and he's proven very capable of it. I mean, look at these numbers when he, he only got 16 elbow touches in game three of his 103 total touches. He scored on 88% of those touches. <laughs> he just routinely getting a tiny player on him. I mean, everybody is relatively tiny on the heat. Even Bam, he can go right over the top of. And the boards were just incredible. I mean, he had 31 rebounding chances because Miami was cold. Um, and, and, and also rebounded 52.5% contested rebounding rate, which, you know, is, is pretty high for the entire series. In this one, it's 47.5%, but he is just battling and doing that thing where he taps it to himself, getting whatever, uh, as we know, thir the first 30-20 game uh, in finals history or the first 30-20 triple-double, whatever. The point is, that, yeah, he's he's racking up those stats, and I'd rather go with these two rather than mess with the assists. Yeah, the stats are that he has the only 30-20 triple-double <laughs> in NBA finals history. He now has the most, uh, he's had the most 30, 20 triple doubles in playoff history already. He has three, Kareem <laughs> and uh, uh, Will Chamberlain each have one. He and Jamal Murray are the only two teammates to ever have 30 uh, point triple doubles in the same game ever. Like regular season, preseason, postseason, Harlem Globetrotters games. Like they're the only ones to do it. Uh, so yeah, some pretty wildly impressive stuff that continues to pop off and the points and rebounds, it's so many, but like, I love it. And another way to play what you were saying in terms of his second half going offness, uh, that I just made up that phrase, he, you can get those live bets on his points prop on, on your local book. Uh, definitely DraftKings and FanDuel will offer you live, you know, total, like continuously updated totals, uh, for his points prop. And if, if you look at it and it's, let's say it gets down below 30 at any point because he's got 12 in the first half feel comfortable he's still capable of getting 40 uh so you know either way I, I'm, I'm i'm totally with finding ways to bet on on the stars in this one um even jamal but like i'm gonna talk about for my first bet a star on the heat which 
honestly, like I was kind of thinking and throwing it out there. If you thought that the heat had a chance to win, what about like bam at one point, like before this last game at like plus 3,300 to be the MVP, that would be the way that I would almost just like bet on them. But obviously Jimmy also is so capable of it. I don't know. He's just been the best player, man. Like bam has been, you know, the, the, the best player and maybe not the most efficient, but it's his points prop is at 20 and a half and it's gotten way higher than 17 and a half where it started out to, to begin this series. Um, but it's even money on DraftKings for him to do that. And I just don't think that there's any, plans for change and the game plans for both of these teams right like Denver side uh it's like we're not going to guard Bam out there we're going to continue to to sag off of him when he's standing at the top of the free throw line and let him kind of do his thing from there and and to his credit he's very still quick and slithery and can get and long and can get you know some decent shots around the rim but for the most part he's still just hitting little baby uh hooks and and jumpers and, and and making him to his credit at enough of a rate that, you know, he's getting the points, but he's still only shooting 46% from the field in this series. His offensive rating is about 115 as well. Uh, he just went nine for 20 in this last game. Um, but I think that, you know, the usage rate is just what it is, right? It's 27% highest on the team. Uh, he's averaging 23 a game in the series, going over 21 or going over 20 every single time in the 40 minutes per game that he's playing. I also like the fact that he gets more free throws at home in general. Uh, during the regular season, that was the case. And in the, in this, uh, the the playoffs as well. He's getting uh, more than five free throws a game at home versus 3.5 on the road. And that was the case here. You just saw him only have uh, zero actually uh, free throws in game one in Denver, game two in Denver, five free throws. Then they come home for game three and he goes eight for 10 from the free throw line to help him uh, get to his point total. That was that we, he 22 points, right? He needed the eight free throws to really get him over because he was only seven for 21 uh, from the field in this game. So, you you know, I, I think there's room for improvement on top of that, but I just don't see anything changing in a way that he wouldn't get at least 21 points. Obviously, he could get 20, but I think, like I said, with the free throws and with the fact that he's going to keep taking close to 20 shots a game or more like he has been, I feel good about him being able to get over 20 points. Yeah, you kind of mentioned this offhand in the last player props when we were saying, like, Bam hitting in game two and, like, maybe we should just keep hitting Bam. And then we, for some reason, you know, I went with tried to get cute with KCP. But, yeah, I mean, his prop has now risen two points every game in this finals as the books are realizing, like, this is a different guy. Like, yeah, he's highest usage rate on the team. Unofficial stat that he is the most uh, fiery right now, I think, on the team. He wants this the most. Uh, Jimmy continues to deal with some personal stuff and, and just, you know, he's, he's given, he's given it more effort, but he's not, he's not as aggressive as Bam by any means. Who's taking this matchup personally, trying to score with the Joker, maybe get him into foul trouble, something. Uh, I thought he got the raw whistle too for a while there. Like Joker being the rim protector. It's like, no, he just hit him in the arm. Like what the hell? Um, So yeah, he'll, he'll continue to attack. I like this one. And Jimmy, yeah, if he's not, when he decides he's not going to go all the way to the rim, basically he just drops it off to Bam in this weird, like, six to eight foot range. Yeah. And it's it's going to be awkward as hell if he doesn't keep shooting it. Um, and that's the way Denver's trying to force them to play offense right now by by forcing everything, funneling everything down there. And and that's why he's getting a lot of opportunities and he's going to have to continue to hoist. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll keep targeting it for sure. I am going to go with Jimmy here in the context of fading MPJ head-to-head rebounds bet. And I'm surprised to see, holy shit, like Jimmy, he must be like minus one and a half, minus two and a half versus MPJ. No, it's it's dead even, and it's even odds at DK for him to out-rebound Michael Porter Jr. And so I would put two units on this. It, it's just basically based on the fact that 
MPJ might get benched again, which you would obviously be sitting pretty. I mean, I know he managed to grab seven boards before getting benched last time out. But in this entire finals, he has four contested defensive rebounds. Like, if the ball falls to him, he'll get it. But he's just not in it's in his headspace in terms of, like, fighting for everything uh, versus Jimmy, who's ultra-competitive, of course. He is averaging eight rebounds per game since the start of last playoffs in 35 minutes per game. But, you know, the, you know he's played now 24 minutes per game in the last two because Michael Malone has been ultra-pissed at him. In his career, he's only played 24 minutes per game against the Heat because Jimmy has gone at him a lot. <clears throat> he has become a better defender, but even his last two regular season against the Heat, 29 minutes per game, averaging six boards per game. So Jimmy's coming off a two-rebound game, which is you know subpar, has in some way to do with him guarding Jamal Murray, being away from the basket, but he owned it in the post-game presser that like we didn't hustle hard enough, we didn't play with enough of you know force and whatever. Uh, I expect him to fully come back out and 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 hustle more in the terms of the rebounds and assists, probably score more already. Again, we'll talk about, you know, end of, se- end of series Jimmy. You know, when their back is against the wall, in the final game of, of the last six series Miami's played, he's averaging 8.3 boards per game. In the penultimate game, 9.5 rebounds per game. Uh, and so he, if you just look at his scoring prop versus MPJ... Minus 120 to score 16 more points than him. I know rebounds bounce kind of more randomly and you can project scoring more. But if it's that big of a gap, according to the books, again, like you can take the rebounds at no gap and feel pretty confident that we're just talking about minutes here. And, you know, this this similar prop just hit right with Gabe Vincent having a horrible, horrible offensive game. But he scored seven, MPJ scored two, and therefore that bet hit. Uh, because, you know, it's just follow the minutes. He can't really do much damage if he's not out there. That's that's what we what we would hope for with this bet. Um, I think you have to bank on him getting the, the minutes down as well, because, like, I, I don't really fully understand why Jimmy only had two boards in this last one, other than maybe just because Bam and, and Joker were just eating them up, so it didn't really matter. And when the Heat had their cold stretches in this game, that's when Michael Porter Jr. obviously was able to get, what, he had, like, four in the first quarter, essentially, three in the first quarter, and that's what you worry about the most um, is really is it, he's going to be playing in the first quarter. He's usually in even past the first sort of rotation of subs that come in at about five minutes for the, the Nuggets. Like Michael Porter Jr. is usually still on the floor at that point. Um, if anything, it's either KCP coming out or even um, Jamal getting a blow real quick before he comes back on to take on minutes that Joker sits out. But either way, like you, it's the minutes that you're hoping for here more than anything because I, I 51 and a half percent was the field goal percentage for uh, the Nuggets in this last game. So you still really got to hope that they're continuing to miss some shots um, unlike this last game in, in game four here for that bet to hit. So I, I can understand you know, feeling as confident, especially when you came in thinking like, oh, Jimmy's got to have, you came in with sort of your own estimation of, of how many Jimmy would be favored by in this one. And it was well below what you expected. So like that, that helped your confidence. And uh, like, I support it big time just to continue to like, I support it. I wouldn't say big time, but I support it as far as uh, fading MPJ in this one and expecting Jimmy to, to come out with some ferocity uh, in a game that is a must win. Let's put it very plainly. Like they have to win this game. So uh, I'm going to finish things off going back to Caleb Martin, baby. 
Remember when his prop was at like 16 and a half points? It is at nine and a half. Uh, and he was sick. We said it. You said it. You brought it to my attention. Looked into it. You're totally right. He was. He had a, a non-COVID illness in the first game for sure. And in that second game, looked like he was still coming off of it. In that third game, th- in game three just now, like it, it still kind of looked like there was times where he was a little bit more hesitant. But there were also, as the game went on, sort of seemed like he started to get into it more. He was looking for his shot. He passed up a couple of uh, potential you know, passes to other players because he was waiting for himself to get open, essentially. Um, so the nine and a half points, I think is a good steal. He just got 10. He went four for nine in 31 minutes in this last one. He was the primary defender on Jamal Murray for like five and a half minutes uh, that he was in there, like at least, you know, part for the possession that, that he was in there, um, which was definitely more than anyone else when he was on the floor at that point. Um, Kevin Love played 16 minutes. I think you're going to continue to see that if, if you know, Miami finds himself in a place where, you know, they're down or they need to continue to hit threes to hang with the, the way that the Nuggets are scoring, or they need to continue to at least have guards that can penetrate and, and present a bit more of a threat than just a guy who's kind of popping off off of screens that he's setting and just rolling out to the three-point line, not really giving them anything else. Like I, I, I love K-Love still, honestly, and I, I think he kind of got gypped out of some minutes that would have helped him get over the 10-and-a-half as he got, he was up to eight uh, in this one that we needed last game. But I think they're making it clear he, if Caleb Martin is available for more minutes, that's also going to be a big reason that Kevin Love doesn't get more than 15, at most 20 um, but also the way that we were saying, you know, Kyle Lowry out of the lineup a bit more. Um, I, I think Caleb Martin is a guy that also is gets is one of the only ones that gets left open a bit more, right? At this point, like if there's going to be Gabe Vincent on the floor and Max Struess or Duncan Robinson, uh, you know, as well as uh, in, even if Caleb is out there, like Caleb Martin is a guy that doesn't really get guarded as tightly from deep. Um, and if he's going to be attacking the rim like he was a bit more and have the confidence that he showed, then I just believe that he's back a lot more and there's another, there's room for progression in this one. Uh, and I'm going to consider looking at what 15 plus points is for him at this point because I think he is capable of being, uh, that third or fourth guy for them, uh, after you know, him and, and, uh, Gabe Vincent essentially are the ones that I feel are the most consistent in that sense. Yeah, confidence is key. And not only did he come back from being sick, right? He came home. And Jay Cole, his buddy, was at the game who probably had some positive words for him. Apparently, they used to play ball together in North Carolina. He helped the Heat sign him. Um, yeah. You know, so he we wanted to show out. I think after he hit one of those threes, he he was jawing at him uh, in terms of just like bringing back that that edge that he seemed to lose after the Boston series. So yeah, ten points, not bad. Yeah, because Kevin Love, yeah, like he's he's just going to be like token starter at this point. The Nuggets know how to identify and get him off the floor. Martin's going to still struggle to guard Aaron Gordon, but he still should mix in on the wing um, as Miami just, you know, tries to patch it together, find enough offense to stick with this Denver team that scores at such a high rate. Yeah, he he was such an important guy coming into this series. If you think he's going to get the minutes, four and a half rebounds over that for him is plus money, plus 115 as well uh, on DraftKings. I haven't shopped it yet, so make sure you check out if it's it's even better on, in other places for him to get five plus boards. But if we think he's back to 31 to 35 minutes, uh, then I also like that as a, another rebounder alongside Bam. Really, like we said, playing the four kind of, uh, even though maybe you continue to like Aaron Gordon's rebounds as well as a result. But Either way, lots of bets in this one. We wanted to make sure we got this video out to you as that is all the time we have in it for you. Uh, Continue to follow along. Check out the best bets we have up as well. And until we see you next for Game 5, happy betting.